Welcome into the Pokes Report podcast. Zach Lancaster here alongside Marshall Levinson via phone. Or are you a via guy? Are you via or via, via phone? Are you via? Via phone. Come on now. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, we got a special guest. We're going to be doing a little draft talk, a little draft wrap up, uh, talking some Oklahoma State guys, maybe draft in general. Uh, then I'm going to get your thoughts on uh, your your favorite show right now. What what you think is the best show on TV or streaming? But well, we got the one and only Levi Peckinpah with us. What's up, Levi? Ah, oh, man, you know it's just it's just another day in paradise. Uh, just got finished with the draft, and yeah. so I've been devoting my time towards MLB the show. That yeah. is almost exclusive exclusively what I've been doing. It's either work. Or MLB the show, and I uh, I think I got a problem. So Marshall brought up an interesting topic, and we'll get into it here in just a bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is the first time I've gotten to talk to you, other than a little bit today on the afternoon sports drive. Mm-hmm. Quick summary. We're like 30 seconds. Overall thoughts on the draft? Uh, 30 seconds. Overall, pretty the majority of where you thought was going to happen, at least when it came to the top three to four, it was mm-hmm. interesting. Trey Lance at three was probably the most interesting thing. And then Justin Fields at 11 was also a great pickup by the Bears. But overall, it was pretty fun, pretty interesting. It was once you got past like the first 16, uh, that's when you saw a lot of couple random picks. Some guys you didn't expect to drop, but overall, it was pretty nice. <laughs> I almost died. Yeah, you about broke a chair and uh, you oh would have had uh, Bill Hur- Hurley, who comes in here every <laughs> 17 months. He would have been angry at you. And like, Dude, it was one of those things. Like, I've got the little button pushed in, and I guess I just didn't have it in pushed far enough, and it was like, Ugh! my you, life flashed before my eyes. You are going, like, full, like, efficient <laughs> boss guy. Like, I'm going to lean all the way back. And you about, yeah, you about uh, uh, did a fat Joe lean back, God. lean back onto the ground. All right, Marshall, what are your what were your overall thoughts on the draft? I mean, I'm, I'm a huge draft lover, so this one was really cool. I thought it was, I thought it went really well. Um Obviously, one of the biggest questions was where the QB is going to go. And mm-hmm. coming in, it was pretty much like too solidified being mm-hmm. Lawrence and Wilson. Um, but I thought that there was there were some options that people were throwing out before the draft where it was like, I don't know if I like that quarterback going to this team or whatever. But the way it fell, I think that they're all like really good matches. So that was pretty interesting to see. Um, I think all the quarterbacks went places that they'll be like, I think they'll all succeed pretty well. So I, I will say that that was uh, – kind of a cool storyline to see and um one that's not so cool is some Oklahoma State guys dropping a little bit but just glad they got drafted and that they'll be kind of appreciated for being some some sleeper type of guys is it safe to say that this is the best draft Chicago has had in Ooh, I mean you, 10 you plus years say, you would have to say yes I mean just on the surface of your first two picks yeah you have hopefully a new franchise quarterback who a lot of people thought should have been the third quarterback picked and you got him at 11 and then you get your new franchise tackle in the second round of another guy who was supposed to be a first rounder and was mocked the entire draft process to the bears of that team. Just, they got him around later than they thought. So you would have to say that that was might be the best draft of the year, but certainly their best best draft in at least a decade. Oh yeah, it's definitely Chicago's best draft in a long time. Every once in a while during each of these drafts, they've picked up a couple pieces that have been pretty good in the long run. But I think overall, since they filled up so many positions, because not only did they get Justin Fields at 11 and then Tevin later on, they also picked up another tackle out of Missouri, I believe, a couple mm-hmm. rounds later, mm-hmm. which is perfect because they let go of Charles Leno uh, earlier today. So you literally get to fill in both of those holes uh, overall. And I, and I also believe they got a, some other pieces later on down the board. That'll be pretty nice. Uh, it was, to me, a very good draft by Chicago, probably the best that they've had in a long time. Yeah. Uh, so and you, and you guys both brought it up, Tevin Jenkins, um, hell of a steal for Chicago, right? I, I think everyone had him projected at twenty going to Chicago. Well, not everyone, but a majority of everyone had him going twenty to Chicago. They they get him nineteen spots later, save fifteen million bucks, give or take. Um, and Tevin, you know, he comes out. He goes, now that I was picked in the second round, I have more uh, more people to prove wrong. Um, Coming to a beautiful city of Chicago, I'm just ready to get uh, get to work. And and you know, 
Tevin is very blessed. He, you could tell he is very thankful to get picked up by Chicago. He's tweeting the Blackhawks trying to get free jerseys. He's tweeting fans trying to figure out what the best pizza is, and he moves into a great situation. Um, I was I was shocked. Um, probably about all four of OSU's draft picks. Um, yeah, I, there was some some interesting. Uh, the order they went in, yep. where they went, when they went, all of it was pretty interesting. If I'm looking at the, if I'm looking at the least surprise, I'd probably say Tylen. Just be like I, I, I felt like he was, and everyone else did too, that he's much better than the slot he went. Uh, he's much better than some of the receivers that went ahead of him. But looking at it, it was like, yeah, you know, he might be second to fourth round ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still shocked that he went as it went as low as he did. But if we're talking about it, I expected Tevin to be a first round. I expected Tylen to be mid to late second. I expected Rowe to be anywhere between a third and fifth round pick, and Chuba like sixth, seventh round fringe guy. And Chuba goes out and gets drafted early fourth. Oh yeah, yeah. For Tevin, to me. After Christian Derisaw fell all the way, that was a telltale sign. Yeah, once Christian Derisaw fell, I knew that Tevin was falling. Yeah, it, it's it, you got to blame the Las Vegas Raiders on that one because Raiders gonna Raider and with them picking that's a round and a half early. Yeah, you could you could have picked up Alex Leatherwood in the second round and been fine if you were the Vegas Raiders. That's where originally I had them picking Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. To me, that made too much sense. Uh, but then they go for a left tackle, which you know doesn't make sense since they already have Colt Miller, which they've developed. Uh, but then again, that's a John Gruden thing, and so we won't speak on that. But then after that, when Christian Darrisaw still on the board, I knew he was going to fall yeah. be- because at that point, whenever the third best tackle is still on the board, you're just going to see one of those things where it's just a landslide effect of so many guys were still available that no one thought was so they're going to be taken very much ahead of Tevin Jenkins and to fall still to the Chicago uh that's uh you got to give a lot of props to the Chicago front office for realizing the situation and and being able to say all right we have some guys that are slipping that would be perfect fits for our team Tevin Jenkins is definitely one of them so whenever he's right here what was it like the ninth pick of the second round? That's when we're going to, it was either, no, it would have been like seventh pick of the second round. We're going to scoop him up and he's going to be our right tackle of the future, which he could easily be. And with all the pickups that they made in the draft, uh, Chicago is, they went from a team that you were feeling sorry for mm-hmm. to now they've got a very competent squad and they'll be kind of scary. Oh, can you hear me, guys? Yeah, yeah. I can. Yeah, were, okay. you, were you talking? Sorry. Yeah, well, I started to, and I didn't know what happened there. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, oh. we got no, you. I, Go ahead. Yeah, I I agree with you. And I mean, yeah, kind of with the Alex Leatherwood pick was a weird one. I did see some reporters uh, after the fact saying that like some teams did view him as a first rounder. So that'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. That was probably one of the that was probably the first confusing pick mm-hmm. of the draft. Um, I did think I'm not a huge Jalen Waddle fan, so I thought Jalen Waddle at six was was a bit intriguing. Uh, I thought that would be Devonte Smith's spot, but I mean Jalen Waddle is obviously a good player. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm just not super high on him. Um, I thought it was pretty cool as far as fits. I think Chuba will be pretty good in Carolina, which is a bad thing for me because I'm a Saints <laughs> fan. So you have Christian McCaffrey, and I think. I think for how Chuba has spent the last year and the amount of kind of grief he's he's taken on and off the field, I think going into a situation where really no eyes will be on him because mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey's there, I think that'll be good for him because he'll be kind of able to work in the shadows a little bit and kind of just get back to playing football and, and doing what what he did before. So I think that'll be pretty good for him. Um, and then y'all can kind of touch on this one as well, but – Everyone talks about how Baltimore doesn't really have a passing game, but they went out and they got, I think they got, what, Sammy Watkins? Yeah, in the offseason. In the offseason, and then they drafted Tylen and they drafted Rashad Bateman. So Mm -hmm. Lamar has a lot of weapons to throw to, plus they had Mark Andrews. So it'll be interesting to see how Tylen kind of fits into the new style of offense I think they're going to be running with. Um and I, it would not surprise me. I know they took Bateman in round one and Tylen in round four. It would not surprise me if, if Tylen ends up kind of being what they think Bateman should be. Uh, hopefully both of them do good, but I could see Tylen kind of taking over as far as who they drafted. Yeah, you know, it's something we've talked about uh, on our show here at Triple Play that Lamar Jackson's a good quarterback. 
He's got a good arm. It's yeah. not, you know, it's it's not like he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. That's just not what he does. You know, he's a he's yeah, a he's a he's a, he's a run different. first. He's a run run first. But you look at it, you go and you draft a, a first round receiver in Bateman. You bring in Tylen Wallace. You bring in Sammy Watkins. Now, Levi, you brought it up today. I don't you don't know exactly what Sammy Watkins you're going to get. You know, are you going to get a healthy, productive Sammy Watkins? Or are you going to get a banged up Sammy Watkins? But but there's no doubt that Baltimore is looking to shift their focus to receiving. And and I think I'm with you, Marshall. I, I think Tylen Wallace may not be this year. Yeah, you know, it may it may take a yeah. year or two. Yeah. But but I I'm I'm with you. I think Tylen could really develop into a legitimate threat for Baltimore. Yeah, and I think I think his skill set is one. He can either be the guy that he's catching 10, 12 balls a game, and he's going to get you 170 yards, or you can throw it to him four or five times a game and really pick and choose with him, and he's still going to go make those big plays. And those are kind of your home run hitting plays. And he has shown that he is more than capable of filling both of those roles. And I and I think that's they don't really have a I mean they've got and they have Hollywood Brown. We didn't mention him. So they really need a home run hitting guy because they've really only had Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews, and that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. So they were able to kind of take away those big plays in the passing game. But now with all those receivers, they're gonna obviously Rashad Bateman being a round one guy. They're gonna try to feed him the ball, and so I think Tylen Wallace. They're gonna try to give it to Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews. So I think Tylen will kind of be in a situation where he's really able to kind of move around freely in a sense, and really able to to make some big plays, which will ultimately mm-hmm. get him on the field faster. But yeah, I, I agree. I don't know if it'll be an immediate thing, but he definitely has the skill set to make it an immediate thing. It's just how, how do they choose to target him? Well, Levi, I'll get your thoughts on this because I don't know. I, I think you, sh- you're, they're obviously going to have to shift Tylen inside. Tylen's not an outside NFL receiver. Now he's good enough. You know, he's, he's, he has the experience and the talent to play outside, but I think with his size, you're going to see him shifted inside. And I think it's going to take him. I think it'll take him a little bit to get adjusted. Obviously he's got to work on his route running. Uh, he's not explosive, you know. He's not, he is explosive, but he's not like incredibly explosively fast. He's not going to you know blow anyone away or you know leave anybody in the dust. But he's certainly talented enough. Um, but I I just I feel an inside shift, and and I I feel like this first year he's going to be somewhat limited. Um, but but I, he's certainly going to get the opportunity to prove himself and move up. Yeah, he's going to get the opportunity, and it's just kind of the same problem that he dealt with in the draft. There are so many wide receivers in the draft, and that's the reason he fell. So many teams thought there were other various options that fit in well. Well, and I think it's safe to say that knee injury was a lot more significant to GMs and and coaches than originally thought. Here's an interesting kind of point for you, because I got a couple of contact information from a few of the scouts that were at the Pro Day, and just for kind of future use and for kind of this use, because after he dropped out of day two, I sent a couple of them messages and said, hey, like, what is do you have any inclination of why Tylen Wallace is dropping and kind of what like what what is his range of what teams thought because obviously a lot of people projected second third round and I had three separate responses from different team scouts saying that not sure to be honest not sure why he's falling we didn't have any problems with him so it was it was very interesting that they didn't say that he had any medical issues I'm sure there was maybe in some of the back of their minds mm-hmm. that Okay, there's he tore his ACL. His brothers had some issues, stuff like that. But it was pretty interesting to see those scouts say, like, not sure why he's falling. To be honest, like, we don't need a receiver, but we didn't have any problems with him. So it was, it, it kind of sitting there watching him fall out of that. It was like, okay, if some of these teams don't really have any problems, why would other teams? But I mean, every team's different in how they value guys. So who knows? Yeah, and I also think there might be some teams that just had different connections that worked pretty well. Uh, with certain teams because uh, I remember the tackle that was taken for Cincinnati, who's out of Clemson, uh, he had a really big connection with Willie Anderson, a uh, former Bengal legend. So I wonder if there's a certain wide receivers that had certain connections throughout the organization that they worked with, and maybe that's they were able to get in mm-hmm. via that way. But, I mean, it, it was just a problem for Talon Walls. There's This draft was too deep when it came to wide receivers. I thought he was a top-10 wide receiver, literally 9 or 10, and he went was probably like, what, 14th, 15th, 16th? 15th or 16th, yeah. No, I think he was 17th or 18th. 
Oh, yeah, that's just the thing is with this draft, there are too many wide receivers, and he was eventually someone was going to have to fall out of great wide receivers. It's unfortunate that it was Tyler. And, and the problem is for this core in Baltimore right now, there's about he's probably wide receiver five, six, seven, because they have very talented guys that have already seen NFL time. Like you guys were already saying, they have Hollywood Brown, they brought in uh, Sammy Watkins, Rashad Bateman, now Devin Duvernay, Miles Boykin, guys that have already seen times, but they're kind of trying to figure out what their spot is. The comparison, or at least the good thing for Tylen Wallace is compared to these other guys, uh, Tylen can catch. And that's something that you've ran into with these wide other wide receivers is sometimes they don't like to get their hands on the ball. And I personally think that Tylen has some of the best hands out of the draft. So you get, get a guy that can do a little bit that these other guys can't. And it's just going to be able to work in the system. I think given two, three years, he will be really great in this system, and it's going to be once they give the full change and give more and more throwing towards Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson, he can have a 4,000-yard yeah. season easy. He had 3,600-plus in his MVP year. He can easily hit an MVP season – well, not an MVP season as in, like, win another MVP, but he can hit those throwing numbers again easy. You just got to have him in the right system. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the biggest surprises, and and not negative surprises, not because my not because my expectations were so low, um, but I think a lot of people expected the the second cowboy to be taken off the board would be Tylen Wallace. I, I think a lot of people expected mid to late second, somewhere in the third, maybe. I don't know if fourth was necessarily appropriate, um, but Chuba Hubbard, Chuba Hubbard getting taken there in the fourth round, a few picks ahead of Tylen Wallace. Um, I'm not upset with it. I, you know, you look at what he did in 2019, 2,000 plus yards, uh, consistent All American, put up 171 and two two touchdowns against Matt Rule and mm-hmm. Baylor. Yeah, uh, and I, I think that's I think that was a big thing because there's a lot of storylines in this draft about like reunions and stuff, quarterbacks playing with their wide receivers and running backs and everything. So relationships play a big thing in making picks. And yeah, Matt Rule watched this guy absolutely single handedly. So. I think that was, and, and I'm sure y'all heard the story about what Matt Rule's wife texted him. <laughs> Don't let him fall. It, well, he said, <laughs> "Don't uh, let him go. Gotta get him." Said, you like you have to take Chuba Hubbard with this fourth or with this uh, with this fourth round pick right here, and they did. So it was like I'm sure he was sitting there like, "All right, who here do I trust to make plays, and have I really seen and understand?" And because especially with this draft. With there no being real combine, no medical evals, like no in-person medical evals. Everything was kind of going off of what they knew before COVID and everything. So I'm sure that pick was certainly influenced in that kind of regard. And it'll kind of not be a reunion, but he, he knows what he's getting at least. Oh, and the other thing you got to really put into this is look back to what happened last season because that's going to be put yep. into play. Uh, Christian McCaffrey barely played because he was injured mm-hmm. all season long, and Mike Davis was the guy who got a good chunk of touches. And for a couple of weeks, he was really great mm-hmm. for the Carolina Panthers. So you got to find a guy that you can stick in there that you can rely on to be a, at least for a couple of games in case Christian McCaffrey goes out again to be decently competent. And from what things look like, Chuba has at least gotten a little bit better healthy-wise. And that's the main thing right now for Chuba is to be healthy. Because if he, because that was yeah. something we did not see for a good chunk of this past Oklahoma State season. If he's healthy in Carolina and he can improve on some of his flaws that we've seen here as a Cowboy, then he might have a very good career ahead of himself in Carolina. Plus, you're going to be learning from Christian McCaffrey when he's healthy. I mean, even when he's not healthy, he'll probably be on the sidelines. You get to learn from one of the best running backs in the NFL. He's probably got the best situation out of any Oklahoma State Cowboy here. Well, and something I think you you absolutely have to take into consideration is last year. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not too hung up on last year. Uh, you look at it, you know, Chuba comes out in the off season, had two off season surgeries. You know, I, I, I went into the, I went into the, the 2020 season, not fully healthy. I had two off season surgeries. Obviously, you know, he had the, he had the hip kind of banged up a little bit. He dealt with a high ankle sprain. He dealt with this, he dealt with that. It was just kind of banged up all year. Um, there's, I don't think there's any question that he's healthy, you know? And so I, you look at Matt rule, you take him in the fourth round, you know what he can do. You've seen the explosiveness. You saw it firsthand in person. You know, it wasn't like you're watching tape. You know what he's got. And I, I fully believe, you look at last year, if he didn't have the surgeries, if he didn't need them, rather, and he's not, you know, he's not banged up half the year, I, I don't think he puts up 2,000-plus yards, but I think he goes out there and easily gets 15. He might be closer to where... 
maybe he's more and more of a third-round pick, mm-hmm. maybe closer to where you saw the North Carolina running backs yeah. go. I know Javante Williams went in like start of the second round, but he could have been in there to where he was fighting back to become a, either a late second to a third round pick. But just the injuries and how everything fell off to where he went from being one of the dominant, more dominant running backs mm-hmm. in the college football scene to then just a complete drop off. I understand the fall. I thought the fall was going to be even more six, seven to potentially not get drafted. Absolutely, that, that was extreme not to get drafted. Late, but, late, late third day. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, when you got to fit like this where Matt Rule knows exactly what he's got in Chuba Hubbard. He's seen the top potential. Oh, and with the development that Matt Rule can get almost out of anybody, uh, I got faith in Matt Rule to get the most out of Chuba Hubbard. Well, and Matt, well, and Matt me, Davis oh, is no longer there. You know, so so Hubbard automatically gets put into that second back spot. Well, another thing to think about as far as the development is the offensive coordinator being Joe Brady who is one of the younger kind of great minds coming up right now. And, I mean, what he did in college with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, we haven't really seen what he can do with Christian McCaffrey yet being hurt last year because last year was his first year with him. But I think with Chuba and kind of his skill set, because obviously with that explosiveness and his athletic ability and he's able to catch it out of the backfield a little bit, uh, Joe Brady will definitely be able to find some some kind of explosive plays or some ways to get the ball in his hands that will complement their offense in Christian McCaffrey. Are we surprised that it took less than 20 minutes for Marshall to bring up an LSU reference? Nah. Hey, <laughs> I could have brought, I could have brought up way more. Already. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, so you get Speaking of LSU reference. They took Terrace Marshall in the second round. And that was another one of those things. It was like, all right, what do we know to be a sure thing? Joe Brady's sitting there saying, all right, well, I know Terrace Marshall's a first-round kind of guy, and but his medical eval dropped him into the second round. Let's go get another first-rounder in the second round. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. there, there was a lot of those this year, and I think it happens It happens every year, but I think COVID definitely like made it even mm-hmm. more so of like kind of guys dropping out and there being some pretty big question marks with like more medical stuff this year than anything. Well, I think I was surprised just – Overall, I was surprised with how many guys went as early as they did after setting out an entire season. Like, I'm not saying that those guys should be punished. You know, like, obviously, you set out for a legitimate reason, whether it was family, whether it was personal concerns, what have you. But there, there were quite a few guys that went a lot earlier than I feel like they probably would have. They're like, oh, well, you were good. You were good in 2019, so we'll take a chance on you without having seen you perform in the last year. I'm just curious, but like, because I know there were several guys who went pretty high, but like Jamar Chase is a guy that everyone can kind of wholeheartedly agree should have been the first receiver taken, even though he opted out. But like, what are some guys that you saw that maybe might have dropped if they would have played? Ooh, um, probably Gregory Rousseau, even though he was bottom into the first round. Yeah. Uh, at some points, he was probably top of the first round, like whenever every, everything started, and then everybody yeah. started getting more and more questions. So I really wonder, uh, will Gregory Rousseau be able to translate a little bit more? That's my only guy because That's I have faith one. in Jamar Chase. I have faith in Panay Sewell. Jamar Chase, to me, is going to be like a generational type of wide receiver. I See, love that's him why, back to death. Oh, here, here's another, here's another kind of storyline for y'all. Everyone, obviously the Bengals go wide receiver in the first round, reunite mm-hmm. Joe and Jamar. They pass on Panay Sewell, right? What do y'all think they should have done there? Because I'll give my answer last and may may agree with y'all or whatever. But what do y'all think they should have done in terms of do you get Jamar Chase or do you get Panay Sewell? Originally, I was in the Panay Sewell camp. I was thinking at that point you go best guy, best tackle on the board, and you seal up a hole. Even though they have Jonah Williams and they did get Riley Reef, Riley Reef is eventually going to be out. But they ended up picking up a guy from Clemson that, like I was saying, he has that already connection in there. So it seemed like they had mm-hmm. already planned for the late game mm-hmm. of they were going to get that tackle. So at that point, if you already pretty much have your offensive lineman for the second round set, get the best pass catcher that is on the board. Cal Pitts is already off. Why not reunite the LSU teammates yeah. and probably make Joe Burrow the happiest he's been in the NFL? Yeah, at the, at the moment, at the time it happened, I was I was kind of scratching my head a little bit. I was like, 
You've got a quarterback, one of the better one of the better rookie quarterbacks to come out in a while. Could have had a hell of a rookie season had he not gotten hurt, but he got hurt because he didn't have the protection. So you have one of the better offensive tackles that we've seen in a while. Well, let's get a receiver. And I was like, well, he's not going to get a chance to connect because he's not going to have a he's not going to have an offensive tackle. But you go out and you get a good offensive tackle later on that, that is he good as is he as good as Penesul? No, probably not. But he is solid enough that he can give protection. I, I think it's a decent pick. I'm not upset with it. Let's think about it. That wide receiver game is completely changed because you do have Tyler Boyd and you do have T. Higgins, which those are two great guys. But then you add Jamar Chase yeah. into that. Hold well to that, me. To me, core. it was I. I kind of compare it to Pittsburgh taking Najee Harris. Like Pittsburgh needs offensive linemen, but. I can't fault him for taking the, the best running back in the class when running backs really, really struggled for Pittsburgh last year. Offensive line be damned. So, you done? Yeah. You good? yeah. Okay, sorry. It, like, it sounded like you cut off. Um, no. My thing, with, my thing with that, and I told some people this the other day, it is much easier in the NFL – to scrap together a competent offensive line year to year than it is to find a receiver like Jamar Chase. You can go out and you can trade a second round, third round pick for a decent offensive lineman these days, right? You're not going to get a, a you're not going to get a top tier guy. You're not going to get a, a an all pro for a second or third rounder, but you can get a good guy that will shore up your offensive line at least one or two spots for a second or third rounder, kind of at any given time, right? If you think about a, a guy of, of Jamar Chase's talents, that's a first-round pick, two first-round picks kind of kind of trade, mm-hmm. or maybe even guy that's that's untouchable on trades. You think about a guy like like a Julio Jones. I know they're thinking about trading him, but it would be a massive haul. Or you think about now the Texans screwed up the whole Julio Jones kind of trade, but the point remains like it, it's extremely hard to get those guys, but you can go get an offensive lineman to kind of scrape together and protect Joe for a year. Um, so I, I think it was a very smart pick as far as the future is concerned. I can understand that wide receiver statement. Cause it's also kind of like pulling teeth uh, to get LSU wide receiver Odell Beckham to Cleveland. It's that exact exactly. type of statement. And I completely agree. Whenever it t- turns to get one of those type of guys, it is sometimes, crazy because when you know you have a generational type of guy or a guy that can be an extremely great number one wide receiver at that point you kind of have to drop the pot and I know some people every other position is either some people say it's not valued properly or it's overvalued see the thing is when you get a big top wide receiver it can completely change the game for a system and I'm I'm in the camp that Jamar Chase is that game changer Easily, because the Bengals, the Bengals right now, they have, like you said, they have good receivers. They don't have elite receivers. They don't have that. They don't have that guy, right? And if you right. look at any good quarterback or any good team, any team in the NFL that has like a, a an elite offense or like a really good quarterback, they have a guy or two that are elite catching their footballs. You, have, I mean, you had the Saints have Michael Thomas. The Chiefs have well, two or three guys. You've got Kelsey. You've got Tyreek Hill. The Packers have Devontae Adams. I mean. You think about all those guys, the Chargers have Keenan Allen. So it's, you, Jamar Chase will be that guy for them. And those teams, they all have good offensive lines. They don't have three, four all, all pros in the mm-hmm. offensive line, but they make it work. So I think that's the that's the angle they're going. And I think it'll be really cool to, to watch those two dudes get back together. Oh, and yeah. another thing is they have Thaddeus Moss catching balls at tight end now for the Bengals. So mm-hmm. another another 2019 LSU reunion for the for the Bengals. Should we just fully just re- rename this team the LSU Bengals at this mm-hmm. point? Yeah. Oh, you, you you honestly could because they drafted a defensive tackle from LSU this year too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you already have that. They had Giovanni Bernard a few years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. they are really loving the south Southeast Louisiana So oh, yeah. because they also signed Trey Hendrickson, who came from the Saints. So yeah. they, they love themselves some Southeast Louisiana football talent. Less than 10 minutes. From the previous LSU reference. <laughs> hey, I'm always thinking about LSU. You can, so, I'm ready to go. I mean, when LSU I mean, had one of the best college years that I've ever seen in my Absolutely. life. Absolutely. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't blame you going for this. And here's the thing. You go with a guy like that when you got a guy like Jackson Carmen, like like I say, and how they were yeah. just projecting that. Yeah. And they fill in all the rest of their gaps because the guy that I love the most that I think is going to be underrated in the league and Joseph Osai mm-hmm. out of Texas on that squad – Ooh, that's yeah. going to be top and nasty. 
And if you think about, like I just said, they already brought in Trey Hendrickson, so mm-hmm. your defensive ends are really good. They've got they had some they had some decent flashes on defense with some other guys, and now your offense has an elite quarterback, an elite receiver, a decent offensive line, right? So mm-hmm. that I I'm very excited for the Bengals. Now, obviously, I'm a Saints fan, but there's other teams that I'll cheer for based on certain players, and I think Bengals might be my number two right now, but. There, I'm excited to see what a team like that can do. So kind of putting a bow on our draft talk here. Thoughts on Radarius Williams' selection to New York? We'll go, Levi, go, we'll go Levi first. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, it w- it's interesting. I think he has potential, and the guy I've compared him to on, on the afternoon mm-hmm. sports drive, he could have a Trey Flowers-like emergence within the next couple of years of like building himself up to be something good. But right I'm with now, you. I think it'll take a few. It's going to be one of those things where it will take some development time because he's right now just buried on the depth chart with a lot of other DBs who are kind of in that same situation of, like, we need to figure ourselves out. But they have at least had NFL time. A lot of those guys uh, have got a little bit more time to develop. Plus, they took a guy, I believe, earlier in the draft at the cornerback. Third round, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. So I think there's already competition there that, that got drafted ahead of him. So he's definitely low on the totem mm-hmm. pole. But I think if he continues to work himself a little bit in that giant system, I think he could eventually make something of himself. I'm not saying like it's going to be a dominant type of role, but he might be able to carve himself out a couple more years in the NFL. Yeah, I mean... It'll be. It's hard for sixth rounders to really, especially one at a position that is kind of one of extreme importance in defenses. And you think about the guys that are playing in that division. You need your secondary to be on point. I mean, mm-hmm. they got some. They got some threats going through the air. Um, I mean, you think about the Cowboys receiving core. The Wa- Washington has a few really good receivers. So. And the Eagles now have Devontae Smith. I mean, Jalen Hurts is throwing, so you don't need to – may not need to worry about that. But, I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of playing time he gets. Who knows? I mean, we saw a guy like A.J. Green last year. It was a, a undrafted guy, but ended up getting some playing time because there were some pretty significant injuries and, and a good amount of them. So, maybe there's some injuries on the Giants. Maybe maybe he gets through from special teams. I mean, who – who knows? But I think that he's kind of he's got the NFL pedigree with his brother, so mm-hmm. I think he kind of mm-hmm. knows what to expect. I think he knows what's going to be asked of him in a sense. So I think that I think it'll be a fairly easy adjustment of life to for him, and I think he can make it work. But yeah, I think it'll take a few seasons. But I think he's definitely a guy that'll get to a second contract worth something. Yeah, and I don't, you know, and here's the thing. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I necessarily see him being a long-term giant. You know, you look at him, he's no, buried, he's he buried be in the... guy that kind of moves around a couple times. Yeah, buried yeah. in the depth chart. I think it'll take him a few years. Now, I will I, I will say, you know, he came out in his interview and said, I haven't played any special teams. I haven't played very many special teams. I think you'll see him a lot on special teams. He's going to learn today. He, I think you'll see him... <laughs> yeah. I think you'll see him in punt coverage. I think you'll see him kick off... Um, you'll you'll see him play a lot of special teams. Now, I don't know if you'll see him play like receiving special teams, but I think you'll see kickoff. I think you'll see punt return. The main thing also because no, it- I mean he's he's good enough at playing the the defensive part of the game. Just overall, just playing defense that he can figure that out yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. I would have to imagine. Well, and I think with his talent, I think he'll he'll see the for a six rounder. I think he'll see the field quite a bit more more so than other six rounders. Levi, what you got? Uh, if I'm him, I just hope you you don't get in that situation where it's like, oh, please, I don't want to somehow get lined up against Amari Cooper or Devontae Smith because I, I think those guys might take his an- ankles because you compare to what talent he's went up against to what's at the NFL level, like Big 12 wide receivers are good, but how many of those guys have been able to translate to an actual NFL level? I was going to say, I'm excited to see what he can do against that kind of talent. Yeah, because that's a big step up. Because Big yeah. 12 wide receivers, they're all right. Uh, NFL wide receivers would eat Big 12 wide receivers' lunches. I will say this as well, and this is kind of a good thing to go, because I, I agree with you. It can be pretty sketchy of how much they can translate from the Big 12 cornerbacks, that is, or just DBs overall. But at least, like, because I, I look at a thing, like, when you're evaluating somebody, like, okay, if you're playing mid-level or poor talent, at least dominate that talent, mm-hmm. right? Don't don't get beat every once in a while, which he didn't. So that, that I, will, I will give that to him at least a little bit, even though he is playing those lesser receivers maybe as far as a whole. Yeah, but it was still two years. He, it was two years worth, though. 
I get that. Oh, yeah, I, I get that he dominated it. So at least yeah, absolutely. It, 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 it hints or it maybe shows that there's a possible another level or another gear of his game that it's like, okay, here's like, cause I ask this question sometimes and this is exactly about corners, but more of the high school level, but the same thing applies here. Mm. If you have a corner that has a hundred percent success rate, but he's playing really crappy, like one, a Wisconsin ball. Right. But he's mm. got a hundred percent success rate. Or you've got a guy that has a 65% success rate at Texas 6A going up against D1 guys every week. Which one's better? And it's kind of like, I don't know. You can't compare them. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see kind of one of those things like you don't know until you know. Yeah, I'm excited to see how it translates. Yeah, me too. The only thing that just makes me so iffy about it, it's and I'm almost wondering if maybe it's now an Oklahoma State system type of thing, is whenever Rodarius was the number two corner when A.J. Green was the number one, in the matchups he always got beat. He was a guy that constantly got burnt, but then when he turned into the number one, he was phenomenal. Well, Justin Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Justin Gilbert was, I, I was think, a guy I that... You'll, you, I think you'll see the same thing with Christian Holmes because Christian Holmes had his fair share of... of getting turned around last year, getting beat a little bit, but I think you'll see him. I, I mean, maybe it is a system thing, which is a weird thing to say. I don't know what system that – I don't know how that happens. I mean, maybe it's a confidence thing. Well, it's it's more of – AJ Green also did the same thing. Yeah, it's it's more of a you get you get offensive coordinators who know Rodarius is really good. You look at, you know, like, okay, he's, he's a lockdown corner, so we're going to go to the other side of the field, and you see Christian Holmes and you see Jark Bernard. You see a lot of these other guys getting a lot of looks. Like – when, yeah, that's when, true. It might be a targets thing. Because when AJ, wants, if if they target you enough, you're going to get beat. Yeah, because time. when AJ was here, AJ, I mean, he made a hell of a lot of plays. AJ was really good when the ball went his way, but it didn't go his way that much. Rodari, it yeah. went the it went Rodarius's way a lot. Exactly. In the that's, previ- that's very true. The previous year when he would when AJ was the corner number mm-hmm. two, good. Yes, it was burnt toast every other day. Yeah, but then whenever for sure. he changed to the number one, it went to Rodarius's way a lot. Yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to it. I'm I the growth we I will say the growth we saw from Rodarius from year three to year four is is extra. You know, it was just it, it was huge. You know, it was monumental. Like I, I mentioned it last week, you know, Rodarius comes out last year, was it like New Year's Day or the day after or something? He's like, I'm coming back for another year. And everyone's like, Why are you putting out this announcement? Like, you need to be coming back anyway. Yeah. And and he he drastically well, until he goes in the sixth round, he drastically improved his draft stock. Mm-hmm. You know, he he proved that he can, you know, he has what it takes. He's pretty solid and so I'm I'm excited to see him I'm excited to see him make that transition to see what he's got. So um Marshall, I'll give you one uh, one last thought here. You know, any anything that that you want to hit on, whether that's the the rookie free agents um, or or just an overall thought on the draft for Oklahoma State. I'll I'll go with this, but I'll go with the guys that signed the free agent deals. I think because that's Dylan Stunner going to the Raiders, yep. Amen going to the Chargers, yep. uh, Cam Murray to the Cardinals, and um. Calvin to the Steelers yep. and Calvin to the Steelers. Thank you. I think all of those, I think now, I don't know if they're going to make a roster or make like make the 53 man. I think all of them have a decent chance with those teams to kind of stick around, maybe in a practice squad sense, or at least maybe get into a, a significant preseason type of role, maybe for a tryout for another team, kind of some, some film that gets around. A I little could bit. see, I could see that being Calvin. I, I could see, I could see, see Amon, Cam and Dylan, making at least a practice squad, but I could see Calvin putting out tape for another team. I could see Dylan doing it. I could see, I, I can, I can picture I can, I saw this tweet the other day and I agree with it. I can see Gruden just kind of getting up the first day, go hundred percent. That, that stoner kid, he can ball. Man. That's a just football kinda, guy, man. That's a football. I can, I can see that from him. And yeah. I think, I think Eamon has the build for it. He's got the, he's got the numbers. Size. And he's got that production, and I think Cam Murray will be a guy that. And Roberts talked, yeah. talked about it because I think I think Cam in Arizona is a hell gonna, of a fit. I think I think Cam's going to end up being a. I don't think he'll be end up being a Vita Vea kind of a dominator at the highest level, but I think he can end up being a a ten year vet of a guy yeah. that rotates in. So I'm, I'm excited to see what those guys do, and I think for all of those, I think they're pretty good fits, at least to get chances of putting out film. 
Mm-hmm. I, I really think out, out of all those undrafted guys, I think Cam Murray has the most potential. Yeah. I, out of everything. I, I agree. Especially with what he did this year. Yeah, with what he did this and I mean, year and uh, the depth that Arizona has, plus Cliff Kingsbury knows yeah. about him, you know, Big yeah. 12 connection. Yeah. There's a lot of factors that show that with what D-tackle depth that the Cardinals have, which even though they have some guys that have been in the system, there's not really anybody that I would say is great for like a D-tackle I think Cameron Murray can make the fifty. Was it fifty three man roster? Well, and they didn't. Men. And they mm-hmm. didn't draft. I'm. And I said this on the show today. They didn't draft a defensive tackle. Arizona didn't this year. That's not to say that they were waiting to sign Cam Murray as a rookie free agent. Right. But when when you don't bring in when you don't when you aren't bringing in paid defensive tackles in the draft that okay well we signed you three four million dollars we need to get that production out of you. Mm-hmm. That opens the door. Now, if I'm if I'm looking at these guys, I I I'm I'm with you guys. I think I think Dylan and I think Cam have they'll I think Dylan Cam and Amon will make a fifty or make a make a practice squad. I think Calvin has the opportunity, but the injury, the you know the the back injury he had and wasn't incredibly productive this year. But he's a bulldog. I Plus mean, his, he, I think the, I think the biggest thing for him will be in in his head. I think it's a mm, mental sure. thing for him. That's the main thing is just his. Flaws, they're all usually mental. That's Absolutely. whenever you see a lot, lot of, of mistakes on the field. A lot of penalties. It's a lot of mental stuff. Like it and the mental things turn into physical mistakes. Exactly. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me, though, if a person can turn around. It, it would be Mike Tomlin. That would be the man. Yeah, that's true. But and, and if I'm looking at Dylan and I'm looking at Cam, I think those two guys, they, they make a practice squad for sure. And I, I could see like halfway through the season them them getting brought up. And getting, I could, especially with Cam, because yeah. I will say, if you're a defensive tackle, I don't know if there's a. I'm sure you could pick one or two. If you're a rookie undrafted defensive tackle and you're just trying to find a way, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that JJ Watt on one side yeah. and Chandler Jones on the other is going to help you a little bit. Good folks, good folks to learn from. Mm-hmm. It will Absolutely. not only just learning from it, but just on a just a. The physical, the physical blocking schemes. They're not going to be worried about a undrafted D tackle when they got those two All Pros on each side. So it kind of gives you a chance to plug up some holes, take advantage of it. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, you could be the same thing like how uh, I guess it would in Michael Brockers and Leonard Floyd were whenever Aaron Donald was Mm -hmm. dominating last season because like Leonard Floyd went for double digit sacks while Aaron Donald was still dominating as a DT. Yeah, yeah. So not saying he's gonna not saying Cam Murray's gonna end up being Aaron Donald, right. but I think it'll be a similar dynamic of how they approach playing the defensive line with those guys. Cert- like, certainly has an opportunity to make a lot of noise. Oh yeah, just take advantage of what Definitely. gaps are given and earn get, some money. Yeah, get that cash. Exactly. That's the main thing is for Absolutely. the for these Oklahoma State guys, get that cash while you can and we're here for that support. Get the, give get that cash and uh can I still buy five? I'm not bucks? sure if y'all saw my tweet the other day, the draft pick the four draft picks, because we don't know the numbers of the free agent guys yet. But the draft picks, their total contracts were twenty, a little over twenty million, and signing bonuses were a little over five. So making that paper, their families are going to be their families going to be taken care of already. So you, you take happy, care of that happy money for those guys. That money will take care of you. Exactly. Dang. And your parents, and your kids, and your kids' kids. Absolutely. And then still let me borrow five bucks on the side. Hey, you, buy, yeah. you trying to buy me a sandwich? And maybe give me a car. <laughs> you trying to buy me some lunch? Can I get a ride in that car? Oh my goodness! All right, guys, we kind of kind of put a bow on this. I hit on it, and I don't want to. I don't want to disappoint the, the listeners. Oh. Levi, I know you've been playing. Same thing with Patrick. You've mm-hmm. been playing a lot of. Sh- you've been playing a lot of show. Yeah. Best TV show right now for you? What's the best thing you've seen? Something that that you love to binge? That's very tough because I'm more of a movie guy. That, okay, that's where I'm more of. I'm. I'll give it. I'll. I'll give you a movie because I'm trying to. There's so much as a. I guess when it comes to discographies and movies, that's what I'm trying to power. You're a more Shrek into. guy, aren't you? Oh, I love. You Shrek. just turn. You just turn Shrek on every night. Yeah, exactly. I do too. I, I, I just <laughs> I do uh, too. whenever I go to sleep, I just hear Freaking Smash Weirdo. <laughs> you don't like Shrek. No, I love Shrek, but I don't know if I could watch it. It's not like that often. Really? What? Come on, yeah, man. I'm gonna just pot you down. Just, just uh, put him down a little bit. We're All gonna right. turn him off. Should we just? This is now a Shrek podcast. Oh my gosh! God. I don't know if I can watch Shrek every night. You hear how goofy I sounded? That's how you sound. That's how you sound. All right, Levi, what you got though? Ah, uh, goodness, I I've been getting into several things. I can't. I'm trying to remember the big movie that I watched like a couple. Oh, uh, a while ago, I got my first uh, look at Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, 
the first look? Yeah, first look. It's good, it. isn't it? Oh, it's so yeah. good. It's so good. I've never watched. I've never watched it. Full. I will it's give good. a full recommendation. It was great. It was the storytelling, the pacing was phenomenal. You need to have some time. Oh yeah, you, you need to have some time, and you need to put your phone away to catch everything. It's like two hours, thirty minutes. You, if you don't catch on to the little details that it provides you, you gonna be lost. Yeah, a little bit. turn your turn your Twitter account off, Marshall. <laughs> exactly, Twitter's uh, off, laptops off, nothing's. Yeah, that's good, <laughs> nothing blaring. But yeah, watch that. I'm gonna try to get into some more movies. I want to rewatch a Mad Max Fury Road sometime. Yeah, have you seen the new uh, Godzilla Mad movie? Max is pretty good. I saw. Yeah, Mad Ooh. Max is phenomenal. I watched Kong versus Godzilla. Oh my god, boy. It's so good. It's so good. I need to watch that. You need to. It's too good. And then the du- doubles. I'm not going to spoil. Not going to spoil. Don't spoil it. Not going to spoil, but bro. It's good. Big monkey versus big lizard. I, I'm i a big fan. Uh, I took the monkey, by the way. Yeah. And I was disappointed because <laughs> exactly. he got hit. He, 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 he struggled hey, chill, a little chill, bit. Chill, chill. I'm not going to ruin it. I'm not going to ruin it. Big but, monkey uh, fan. I'm yeah. a big monkey fan. Uh, also, sometime within the <laughs> I next. I want a monkey. <laughs> Uh, sometime within the next couple days, I'm going to watch a new Mortal Kombat movie. I've heard that it is exactly what you would expect from a Mortal Kombat movie. Exactly. From what I've heard... Terrible storyline, but that fight... Great fight. There ain't nothing like seeing someone get stabbed with their own frozen blood. Exactly. Oh, yeah. That is <laughs> phenomenal. Because here's the thing. They can make a better story with this from what I heard. I've heard the story oh, is yeah. pretty boo-boo. Pretty terrible. But that's why you get all the money from the first movie, because from what I've heard, they're going to make a lot more Mortal Kombat in. movies. You can have the story for the second one and then yeah. bring in Johnny Cage because I heard he's not in there. About made me kind of cry because that is one of my favorite Mortal Kombat characters. So I want him in there. But, I mean, it it's like some of the best fighters like that are in the movie. So I'm just sitting here like whenever I get a chance to watch it within the next couple of days, I will be in heaven. But yeah. also for TV shows, I'm thinking about trying to pick up and watch. I think it's Invincible is like the one I've heard like being raved about. Uh, it's like I think it's like on Amazon Prime or something like that. I've heard that's really good, and then I want to try to get started on the Marvel stuff, whether it's Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah, I, I need Soldier. to watch all that, too. Or WandaVision. I want Full to disclosure, that. I've seen, like, six Marvel movies. Really? Six? I haven't watched... Okay. I, I've we're seen... Having, we're, having a, we're having a binge party. I've seen the... Uh, well, what's his name? Tom. I've seen the Tom Holland Spider-Mans. Okay. I watched okay. the Iron Mans, like, when they came out. So um, like 2008, 10, way back. Um, I think I saw the first Thor. Is that Jennifer Garner in it? Ooh, Is that right? I think. But was, I, I saw. The, I don't know. It was the just line? the. Fr- I don't know. I watched it when it came out. Like the first Thor. Um, I saw bits and pieces of the first Avengers, mm-hmm. and then I think my yeah, wife and I. I think I think we if watched Civil on, War. Do y'all have Disney Plus? Yeah. All right, go on Disney Plus. They have they have ones where you can watch it mm-hmm. like in the order that they came out. And that, they also have one. I want to see the storyline. Order. Yeah. You can also have well, you can watch it in the orders they actually came out like in real life, or you can watch it in the order of like what the timeline yeah. is. I want the, the movie. I want the timeline order. I don't care to watch so it yeah. as they came out. If you go to Disney Plus and go to Marvel, they have both. Scroll mm-hmm. down a little bit. They have both options for you of what order to watch it. That's nice. And I'll tell you, personal favor for me. Guardians of the Galaxy 1 oh, I've seen and those. 2. I've seen those two. Those are really okay, good. good. Those was, are good. I was about to say, if you haven't at least watched those, I mean, because those two can work independent those from, are good. And from everything else. Yeah, those, have, are, those are yeah, those are some of them that I really and like. And I don't have, have anything you, against it. I just haven't. Also, have you watched Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse? Yeah, that's my probably my... that's Other than Dark Knight, Into the Spider-Verse is one of the best superhero movies of all time. One of the best movies, period, of all mm-hmm. time. I love that movie. Constant banger. That movie, as the kids say, slaps. It, Respectfully. It is, it is fire. <laughs> it is hip. <laughs> how how do you do, fellow cool kids? All right, uh, Marshall, what do you got? So I will, I will tell you this. I, before I say the show, I'll tell you my routine because I was just watching it a little while ago. But, like, I obviously I have classes. Is that why you're not in person with us? You're right just now. watching TV. Oh no, I'm playing Madden right now. Um, Madden's more important <laughs> than being in person. Well, no, I was doing. I was writing. I was writing a paper. I'm sure you were. Question: You doing online play? Or you doing franchise play? A, uh, right now, I'm just doing some challenges on my Madden Ultimate Team. Hey, hey who are you rocking at QB? I got Josh Allen right now. 93 overall, Josh Allen. Look at Ooh, you. Okay, okay. All right, routine. All right, yeah. So. 
I have different, like, it, because everything's kind of like mixed virtual, mixed in person, right? I have, I have routines every single day of like, what time I wake up, what time I get home and everything. And every day I'll do stuff for Pokes Report, I'll do stuff for class. And while I'm doing that, I will turn on NCIS. Okay. Mm. I love NCIS. The first part of the semester, I binge watched the entire series of Criminal Minds. I've never met an I, old I, man named Marshall. <laughs> Thank you. So I watch a lot I of Blue Buds. But I will say, I my dad loves Blue Buds. It's a good show. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I, my my parents, I, I'm a police family, right? So all that stuff kind of intrigues me just right off the bat. But then it's just like I like those shoes. I like those shows in general. Um. But no, I will like wake up if I like Tuesdays, I have class at three and three only. So I'll wake up at like 10, 10, 30, 11. I'll get up, watch NCIS for a few hours. Now I've seen the entire series, right? Like, like eight times, but it's just one of those shows for me that like, you can kind of just turn it on and it's just really good background noise. And it's also one of those shows that like, if I zone out and I'm doing some schoolwork for a little while, I can look up and understand what's happening by like what they're talking about. Right. Like criminal Mm -hmm. minds was a little bit tougher because it's more of like a serious show kind of some darker stuff so you have to like really be paying attention all the time uh ncis you can kind of zone out and be perfectly fine it's funny and like that's, that's kind of my show because that's what i binge watched when i went home for quarantine last year i was i was every day watching ncis and i watched the series like three times in a row like all summer wow so yeah i'm a huge ncis guy that's wow. what i watch when i'm kind of just looking for background noise or just trying to wow. kill time it's kind of like how I was with Impractical Jokers, just like in it's the a good background. show. I, well, it's because it's always on. Yeah, that's one of those kind of those lighthearted shows where it's just like it's good background. Because when I'm do when I'm working or doing something, I have to have noise. I can't work in a quiet room. Feel that so much, man. So I'm going. And I've been on Hulu. I've been on Hulu a lot. I've been yeah. watching. We've been watching a lot of Frasier. Can't go wrong with Frasier. Lots of it's good. Well, you yep. you need to watch Cheers because mm-hmm. Cheers is top five like all time. Yeah, because Frasier was okay. a character they introduced in three, I think season three. Yeah, um, it's a it's a spinoff. Um, Cheers, top five all time of any show ever made, top five all time. I think I'm like through like like back whenever I started, I'm like either in like season four or five. Mm. Of Cheers, so good. I, we've uh, Andrea and I we've watched it what four like four times through four or five times through something like that. She's over there in the corner giving me eyeballs. Uh, <laughs> we've we've watched like three or four times through. We've watched we're on like. Three, I think, of Frasier. Uh, super good. Um, all you old folks out there, I'm watching ER. Super good. I was traumatized as a child by that show. Super good as an adult. I really enjoy it. Um, I'm getting back into Boardwalk Empire. I don't know if you guys have seen that on HBO. Um, no. It's on HBO Max. It's super good. We're talking like turn of the century, 1920s, uh, Prohibition era, New Jersey, Atlantic City. Okay. Super good. Steve Buscemi. Um, if you like, if you like, go wrong. If you like murder, you'll love this show. You like drinking, love this show. It's a good show, really good show. Um, and also, we're on like eight times through a Ted Lasso. I can I still need to watch it, bro. I cannot say enough. I know you're you're always praising it. I cannot say enough about Ted Lasso. What's Ted Lasso streaming on? Uh, Apple TV. Ah, that's why. I cannot. It, you can get a you get a, a free trial like a week free trial week five days, five days or a week of a free trial on Apple TV. Okay, I cannot stress to you enough how brilliant Ted Lasso is. And and I I caught some grief at a baseball game recently. Mm-hmm. They're like, man, you're like, no one in the press box had seen it. There's like eight people in there, no one had seen it. And and I'm talking, and they're like, you're really hyping this show up. And I'm like. Yeah, because it's one of the best shows ever made. And I'm that's not just me saying it. like it's such a good show. It's wholesome. There's lots of lots of the swear words, so you can get down on that. But it's really good storyline. It's really feel good show. Um super, super good. Um but and, and there's ten episodes, it's like thirty five roughly thirty five, thirty five and a half minutes long per episode. You need to dedicate yourself six hours because you will watch Every episode, just boom, 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 boom. You won't want to turn it off. All right, so I have a question for y'all to kind of end in the podcast. Yeah, as we're right, we're about to about to hit an hour fifty eight. Yeah. So, is there a show, or what is a show 
that you personally, whether it's hate, dislike, despise, whatever that like everyone else that you hear about loves. Game of Thrones. Show, or, or it could be a movie. What is it? Probably Game of Thrones. I got into okay. it. I got into it a little bit. Like season one was good. Um, full disclosure, I haven't seen like anything past mid season two. But I just Ted Lasso is the exception. I'm not big on the big big pop culture. Everyone's into it, so I have to watch it kind of thing. I'm, I'm not. I'm not big into the mega popularity type of stuff. Um, so probably Game of Thrones, but like Ted Lasso is my exception because Ted Lasso is the best show ever made. I think it's time to make some people angry because I like the show, but I don't like love it how some people want to get married, like with the theme song in the background. I think The Office <laughs> is just okay. I think The Office uh, is just okay. The Office is pretty funny, but I, I get what you're saying. It is, it's a little overrated. Because like people, it seems like it's a little overrated. It seems like people want to cut out a Steve Carell in their room, and I'm sitting here like, bro, it's, it's a good show. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, it's a good show. But like, I've seen some better shows. Oh, I know what show I could have put in that I've been watching. Weirdly enough, it's anime, animation stuff. Uh, Gravity Falls. That's what I've been. Okay, watching. okay. Ooh, uh, what's the name of it? Um, huh? What? Oh no. Um, the star, uh, uh the Star Wars <laughs> the show. Please, your wife. Oh, the Mandalorian. The, oh, no. Uh, well, the Mandalorian's no. really good, but my animated series, Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Oh my gosh. I'm halfway through season seven, and oh my god! Like, get past the animation part is the some of the best Star Wars content. But you're right um, on a Amazon, Amazon Prime, without remorse. The Tom is it Tom Clancy? Tom Clancy looks super good. Oh, with Michael B. Jordan? With no, uh, yeah, oh. yeah, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, yeah. it I looks super good. I don't know. We're gonna watch it tonight. Oh, okay. Here's Here, the here's a show that I like, and I don't know how popular it is anymore. But one like used to be like the big thing or whatever. Uh, the pawn shop store. <laughs> so bad. Uh, it was good when it first came so out. Cringy. So much of it was just so staged. It was so well, it's more so now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure because I'm sure their ratings went down. They're trying to make even more drama. Yeah, that show just always got under my nails. I also so, got like, really frustrated with uh, big into uh, Deadly's Catch. Love Deadliest Catch. Ooh, yeah, I, I can get down with Deadliest Catch. But it was so frustrating because it was like every other day some new gold or oil show was coming out. Yeah, I and, can see that. And those super sucked. Super sucked. <laughs> those were uh, those were pretty good, bad. One that I I love whenever it came out and I binged a lot, but the most recent seasons I haven't been hitting, especially season four, the most recent one, Rick and Morty. Uh, it's okay. I've never watched Rick and Morty to me is like the office. It's a funny show, but it's way overrated. Yeah. I, That's I, one of those things that like, I see too many people yep. like wearing whole ass out or whole, sorry, whole outfits. whole ass outfits. Yeah. I'm a bad. You can swear. <laughs> I don't care. Ass whole ass outfits. You damn fools. Well, it's like doctor who I never got into doctor. Who. I never been. The, the hype was just too much for me, but I, I, we're going to close out here. Ted Lasso. Watch it, like right. before Sunday. NCIS, binge it. I've seen it, but you've never seen Ted Lasso. Watch, watch Gravity not. Falls. Ted Lasso. <laughs> I'll, I've I've seen Gravity Falls. I love Gravity Falls. I've seen Paradise PD, and you like you like cop shows, Marshall. Watch Paradise PD Paradise on PD. on Netflix. That's a, a parental <laughs> parental discretion advised because that's one of the worst shows of all time. Well. I'm I'm in college, so I think you, I'm okay. it's like for all you toddlers out there listening, don't watch it. For all you, for all you people that are five, pa right? parents, don't let your kid, don't make the Deadpool mistake. Oh, it's a superhero movie. Let's take my five year old to Deadpool. No, don't let your kids watch Paradise. No, I was going it's hilarious. If you let your kids watch Deadpool, you're a cool parent. Not even lie. <laughs> I would, I would bring my kids. I don't have any kids when I do. You got kids? Deadpool, I would let my kid watch Deadpool. Oh, it's been fun. When I, when I do have kids, I'd want to watch Deadpool. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Character development. I've watched Deadpool. He's Marvel, isn't he? No, he's he's DC. He's DC. No, no, no. He's Marvel. He's, he's Marvel. Marvel. He's Marvel. I've seen Marvel. I've seen that. I like that. Well, that's gonna do it for the Poke Support podcast. We kind of went off the rails a little bit. Kind of pissed my that's wife right. off. She's over here giving me eyeballs. We got to go buy a new microwave. <laughs> you don't realize how much you use a microwave until you don't have a microwave. I'm not joking. <laughs> Put your microwave in in a closet and forget you have it and see how much you struggle. Not going to lie, I haven't used my microwave in like, I'm going to be honest, it's been like a couple, like two, three, four, five days. We struggle without a microwave. Struggle. 
The struggle's uh, real. <laughs> that's going to do it for the Folks War Podcast. Appreciate all you listening. I'm you didn't try, try uh, to just, like, pad this out till one hour. I don't... You're 45 seconds there. Yeah, 45 seconds could end in divorce. <laughs> she's going to come over here and <laughs> she beat will. you she'll up. Just turn it, she'll just turn it off. She'll grab the chair that oh she's got and just start launching. we got to buy too. a microwave. That's going to do it for the Poke Sport Podcast. Appreciate you, uh, everyone, tuning in and listening to all your friends. You can get it on Podbean. You can get it on Apple Podcasts. Uh, this article, it'll be in an article on pokesreport.com. Well, that's going to do it. Levi, I appreciate you joining us. We'll have to have you on again. Hey. It was, it was um, a pleasure. Thank you I was going to say, on. you won't have school anymore. We might have you on a lot more often. Hey, that sounds pretty good. The only, I'm pretty much just tied up here for two I, hours a day. I and feel you. Then after that, you'll probably be uh, catching me. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find myself a second job so I can get some more get some more dollar in the pocket. Hey, you, understand. you get that paper, that paper will take care of you. Ah. And maybe, maybe Marshall will uh, care enough to grace us with his presence next time. I will work on that. Oh, I appreciate you. That'll do it. We'll talk to you next time here on the Pokeshore Podcast.